The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all joining us here on this Wednesday evening, or if you are checking us out on one of your favorite places to get podcasts. Either way, we are glad to have you here as we start to round out NFL Predictions Month. It is DJ joined, as always, by Kelsey. And Kelsey, some people do in a week, some people do in an episode. We decided to scatter it out over a month, and we're finally starting to round out. And those who have been paying attention, they can see the playoffs starting to t- our playoff prediction- predictions starting to take form. Yeah, I mean, if they paid attention. But we all know from the comments, they're not paying attention to that. They're paying attention to how blasphemous some of our picks have been in their opinions. Uh, but that's okay. Because you know what? We always make some blasphemous picks, but, you know, half of them end up right. Still going to hold that over everybody's head. We bat about 60%. Uh, six, so 600 batting average, which is way better than Hall of Fame numbers, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we ha- we so definitely yeah. have our moments, that's for sure. We definitely have some that surprise, and it's like, well, well, well. And then we have other ones where we disappoint even ourselves. So we have a little bit of everything in between. But we've gone through three of the four, which means we're now on to number four, which is the AFC and the NFC South, the the buttholes of the divisions, if you will. There's definitely a lot to be desired there. And you know what? We might as well just kind of jump right into it. We got the AFC South first. There's some good, some bad, and some ugly in there. And I led the way first last time. So, Kelsey, I'll go let you go and take the reins to start us off with the AFC South. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's cocktail hour, first of all. Uh, now that we've, we've reached the South, we, we all talk about their their love for tailgating and all that good stuff. Uh, well, it's not going to be cocktail hour in one city. And with the AFC South coming up in the bottom of the division with a record of, well, it's not pretty, at 3-14, and 14, I have, might surprise some people, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, no yeah, we're starting out. We're starting out hot here. We're going. We're going right at a team. Where I'm not not pulling any punches this time. Uh, this is. I don't look. I, I, you got Derrick Henry. That's three wins. But you got Derrick Henry, which is three wins. Um, if you have no quality defense to speak of, uh, yes, you have pieces. But until you prove otherwise, they're just pieces. Uh, Mike Vrabel, I've already talked about a thousand and one times. I don't trust him. I don't think he's a good coach, at least not a good head coach. I think he's a great defensive coach, not a good head coach. Again, still ironic considering he played both offense and defense very well in his days. Um, But you know what? That's just it. Players don't always turn into great coaches. He is probably one of the best Bill Belichick disciples in the NFL. But unfortunately, that's not saying a whole lot because not a lot of them are good. So, you know, you may be the best disciple, but you're still sub 500 in your career, uh, which is also not good um so yeah i i don't don't trust this team as far as i can throw derrick henry and i can't throw derrick henry very far so i definitely don't trust him um and it's just it gets worse and worse every time i look at him i don't know you're probably going to start with Tannehill, but how long do you ride with Tannehill? that's the big question how long can you ride with Tannehill? does will levis come in does it is it malik is it what do you what do you do right that's the question you're receiving core you're without Traylon burks for a little while what are you going to do there that's not going to help you at all. And then, yeah, sure. Okay. You got, you got something else on the backside and bringing on DeAndre. That's fantastic. DeAndre is going to be out of there by week four. He's getting traded somewhere that he can actually be used. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. There's nothing about this Titans team that makes me fret. And yet every season I say that about this Titans team and they get six wins and then at least. So, 
I'll probably be wrong, but I'm going out right on a limb here. Tennessee Titans, 3-14, and 14, bringing up the bottom of the division. So do you think they're in the Drake May Caleb Williams sweepstakes then too? Like you probably have what do you have them finishing? Like second in the second pick in the draft, third pick in the draft somewhere in there? Uh they're the second worst team in the AFC. Um really? so if that tells you anything, it's it's bottom five for sure. Um where that ends up at is kind of dependent on, you know, tiebreakers and things like that. I do believe that ends up puts ends up putting them fifth right on the dot. So, I mean, what can you do with that? There's a lot, but yeah, you're probably not in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, but you're you're into something else sweepstakes at least. It's going to be a rough season down in Nashville. We definitely agree there are some holes. I will say, I think all three quarterbacks are going to play this year too. I don't know if Tannehill will stay healthy, and we already know variables up and down with Malik Wills, and you just brought just drafted Will Levis for a reason. I, I they all, I feel like all three of them are going to play this year for worse or for better, but most likely for worse. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't trust anybody who just signed a lifetime deal with mayonnaise, like. Yeah, that's Gross. you might have given them three too many wins. Like I think that might count negative against some of the Derrick Henry wins. Now that you mentioned that, but we do have three rookie quarterbacks in this division, so I got to imagine one of them's got to be. We got another one coming up next. Oh well, yeah, it's going to be a rookie quarterback <laughs> in the next one for sure. Uh, but that is going to be your Houston Texans with a much improved season uh, over at least in comparison to the Titans. Here, I'm going to Houston Texans, number three in the division. I'm going with seven and ten. They're going to surprise some people, and people might wonder why. And, you know, you've heard me talk about this team a few times and some of our tiers, things like that. I honestly like C.J. Stroud in this offense. I think he's going to play very efficient, and that's what you need him to do. He's not going to surprise people with a big arm or anything drastic like that, but one thing he is great at is accuracy and timing. And the one thing these receivers are good at are clean, crisp routes. And, by the way, he just so happens to have a fantastic running back back there in Damian Pierce. And a backup that's not bad either in Devin Singletary. Let's not forget that there is some talent there. Uh, a guy who, down the stretch last year, looked pretty good uh, as well. Um, this defense will surprise some pe- some folks. I think the corners are a lot stronger than people are going to give them credit for. Jalen Petrie in the back in, in, in the deep se- secondary. I think he's going to walk away with like three or four picks again this season. going to look great. I think this defensive line is starting to grow into itself. Obviously, there are some things that need to be figured out will anderson how do you how do you play in the nfl can you be a three down type of guy or are you only going to be a a, a pass rush specialist is going to be the big question there um if he can play three downs figure out a way to play three downs by halfway through the season i don't have any reason to be concerned about this texans team not breaking seven wins they might even get close to 500 they i mean honestly this i think this team is close i think obviously it depends on how D'Amico ryan's uh, plays out as a head coach. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's a fantastic mind for, for a head coach, being defensive-minded like he is. Um, but I do think there's some possibilities here that maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that I, I have these two flip. Maybe it's Houston that's 3-14. and 14. I just don't think so. There's way too many winners on this team to to think 3-14 and 14 is their ceiling. I will say I won't go too much into it because I have mine coming up, but I do like C.J. Stroud as well. I do think he has – a lot of people write him off because of the helmet he wore in college a little bit too soon, but I do think he does have it. There's a lot to like there, and there are some good pieces to work with there too. They're def- it's definitely not an empty cellar like it's been the last couple of years. Like there's there's some good drinks in the in this wine cellar right now, so I think they're going in the right direction. Although not having that first round pick next year is definitely gonna it might it's gonna hurt a little bit. Will it though? I mean, let's say they get seven wins. That sec- that first round pick instantly looks okay. like a second round pick at that point. Uh, 13, 14, that's still a pretty good first-round pick. Eh? Nah, maybe it is 13 or 14. Maybe it's higher than that. 
Either way, that young team, they, they need all the draft picks they can get, but I digress. So that takes us yeah, now to number right. two, and I'm already surprised at one of the teams that has not been named yet. Yeah, uh, number two is probably the team you're most surprised about that hasn't been named yet. Uh, another rookie quarterback here at for this team just being announced, and obviously there's the whole question about their running back as well. Um, will Gardner Minshew ever play? We These are the things we will never know because I don't care to know them <laughs> because I don't believe Gardner Minshew is going to play. I think it's going to be Anthony Richardson season all year long, and I think it's going to stay that way, and I think he's going to surprise some folks. You know, fun fact that this, I know this is more to do fantasy than a regular season, but if a quarterback has ran for 700 yards in a season, he's accounted for over almost 300 fantasy football points in the season, which means his team wins a lot and they score a lot. It's a fun fact for you. Uh, last guy to do it, by the way, last year, Justin Fields. Um so along with along with all the talent he has on uh, in his legs, he has it in his arms. But like I said, you you, you put up that many points fantasy wise, that means you're scoring points as well on the field. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, if they if he can get on the right page, get off the pup list, and get healthy and get ready to go with Anthony Richardson, I, I think I do think there's some talent there. I, I do think it's a double headed running uh, running group that you're afraid of if you're any other team that's facing them. You have to game plan for them. I I also think you you look at. You know, any any sort of option at defense is kill Leonard's healthy. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, you know, I do think that defense is still a top 15 defense. If they're all healthy, it could approach that top 10 if they, they really actually play like they should. If we get Kenny Moore, not whatever played last year for Kenny Moore, whatever ghost that was out there in the secondary. Um, if we get Julian Blackman back, who can actually play, uh, not – whatever gimpy knee he has going on. Um, I do think there's some, some, some talent there for, for Indy. And I also, you know, like we've talked about Alec Pierce, I think enough on this show that I don't know if I need to keep beating that drum, but I'm going to beat the drum one more time because I'm going first. If you don't worry about this guy who is six foot four and runs a four, four, four 40, you're an idiot because that's just an absolute weapon for somebody like Anthony Richardson to just throw it up to. And let's not forget, on the other side, the number one is Michael Pittman. Yes, he is slower. Mike Evans runs a 4.748, though, and he is still one of the best receivers in the league at the same height as Michael Pittman and slower than Michael Pittman. So all I got to say is Michael Pittman could be the next Mike Evans. Alec Pierce is an absolute weapon waiting to have, be unleashed. Uh, Anthony Richardson, I think, is is just poised to, to just – Surprise some folks. We always have one rookie quarterback surprise some people. I think he's the one for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Colts here, eight and nine. It's not a winning record by any means, but it surprises some folks. And that's the important thing. Two questions on that. My first one is over under 55% completion percentage for Anthony Richardson. He was hovering around like 49% through the whole preseason. So, do you think he gets over 55 or do you think he's kind of very taking the eye? I, I'm, I'm going to say he's going to be around, he's going to be around 58%. I think it's going to be like Lamar's rookie season where he's not going to be asked to throw a lot. Like he's not, I think at the end of the day, he's going to be 50% run 50% pass from him alone. But I think a lot of that is going to be, you know, QB reads. I think he's going to decide to pull it a little more or keep it a little more too often, a little too often than he should. And he's going to realize that throughout the season. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I don't, I'm not concerned about his completion rate. Obviously people are so concerned about it from coming from college, but, we can tell you from watching the film, it is the god awfulest receiver room he has ever played, and any quarterback could ever ask to play with, uh, with who we played played with down in Florida. So, um, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna 
I'm not concerned about his completion rate. Like, it, yeah, it's probably going to be about 58%, 59%. Might touch 60 but I don't think it goes too high over 60 But, yeah, I did, that's, that's where I'm at with that. What I want to see is I want to see – one thing I'm going to keep an eye out for is his completion percentage of the first eight games and then the last nine games because I do think still a little erratic. He's got some work to do as far as accuracy and just, like, in the pocket throw. He, he can throw the ball as well as anyone, but just – Hitting them in stride, getting used to it, that sort of thing, plus the NFL speed. He has, what, 14 college starts. Now you're jumping right up to the next league. Yeah. So those first six games, I could see it be – first six games, I could be see it being like 48 50%, like really bad. Then down the stretch, he gets up to that 60-ish percent to kind of balance it out. But I don't I don't think anyone's expecting him to be Drew Brees right out of the gate and drop 74% all-time record or anything like that. Anyone who expects that is kind of foolish. But he's going to pull it a lot like you mentioned when he sees that corner on there. He's like, oh, I can run through them. Didn't realize that linebacker runs a four four as well. Is going to come? It's going to close the gap. Plus, so he, he's, he's going gonna, he's, he's gonna to try to pull it against somebody like Marlon Humphrey, and it's going to be like, oh wait, this guy is my size at corner. Crap, I shouldn't have done that. He's going to run over and he's going to make some. He's going to terrify some DBs in the open field. But it, it's it's going to be fun to watch and for better and for worse. So interesting that it looks like you had them coming out on top regardless of the JT situation and at eight and nine as well. So. That only leaves one left at the top, and I think it's pretty obvious. I think most people are thinking this team's going to win this division. Yeah, I think that's safe to say, and that's obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you've heard me beat this drum at all this preseason, I apologize because I'm going to continue to beat this drum. The Calvin Ridley-Trevor Lawrence combination is going to be deadly to the point that you will not have to worry about Calvin Ridley not getting 1,000 yards. You might be more concerned about, will he get 2,000 in a season, potentially? I'm obviously blowing this out of proportion. I don't think he actually will hit 2,000. But it will be an insane amount of catches and an insane amount of targets this man will get from Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence will be in the MVP conversation through this season. I have this team finishing 13-4. and four. I actually have him finishing second in the AFC. Uh, they are a very talented team. They are, We talked about their defense. They can play some. They can play some folks now. Josh Allen is a weapon on the edge. And I'm not talking about the Josh Allen quarterback. Yes, he is a weapon on the edge as well. But Josh Allen, the pass rusher. Trevon Walker, if he continues his growth that he showed last season, I'm not concerned at all. Devin Lloyd, you know, we talked about him. He can range sideline to sideline. Poise out of Obviously, if he played Madden with the man, you know he's a freak. He can go sideline to sideline as well. Secondary is growing within itself as well. There's a lot of talent there. The defensive line in, in on the interior. If they can hold up against the run, I'm not concerned as much. And this offensive line is underrated. I think one of this offensive line is a top 10 under, uh, top ten group, and that surprises folks when I say that. But you look at what they're able to do, it, it can push, they can push some line with the best of them. And on top of that, I think they've made one of the most underrated draft picks in, this, in, in the league, and that's getting Tank Bigsby out of Auburn to go with Travis Etienne because Travis Etienne, his best combination is being able to slot inside and out. And, and like slide into this slide into the slot position and take Bigsby can slide right in there as a running back when he does that. And you have a double headed monster. And then now you have to worry about Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball. You have to worry about Trevor Lawrence handing the ball off to an end around or to take Bigsby. It's, it's, there's a lot of combination of things there that I think this Jacksonville team with Doug Peterson at, at the helm is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence, he's looking like the Prince that was promised after all. Um, so yeah, I, I, th- I think Jacksonville 13 and four, I might be selling them short to be completely honest. What's their record in division? That's what I'm most curious about now. Do you have them five and one, five and one? So you have somebody stealing one from them. Yeah, they got, they, they, it, it, it's, it's inevitable in this, in this division. I don't think anybody gets out of this division without losing one. Um, I don't think, honestly, I don't know the last time it happened. It would have had to been one of the Colts teams in Peyton's era. 
But yeah, it's been a long time since it's happened, I believe. I think the Andrew had a couple of them too, because those were some bad AFC Souths. But at the same time, that's if anyone's gonna do it, I feel like the Jaguars can do it this year because just look at the quarterback discrepancy. Trevor Lawrence, two rookies, and then whatever's going on in Tennessee. Arguably yeah. three rookies. So and then receiver wise, Calvin Ridley, everybody else, arguably, depending on if how healthy D Hop is, but this is also an older D Hop. So like there's at some big positions, there's a bit, pretty big talent discrepancy. So Jaguars could thirteen and four is really not out of the realm of possibility when you mentioned five wins in division out of the gate. Like that. Yeah, I mean if five the rest of the way. Five wins in your division, you yeah, you get eight more across the, the rest of the board. You feel pretty good about that. Ironically enough, there's actually, you know, you mentioned the the in division record. I do want to point this out with the Colts. I have them going two and four in division, and the Texans actually going four and two in the division. So interesting little caveat there. So Houston is just weirdly a goon to the AFC South where the Colts, they just beat everybody but their own division, weirdly enough. Yeah, D'Amico Ryan knows how to beat the teams in the South. Let's not forget. He was on the he was on the first Texans team to win the AFC South. That's true. So I think that was Matt Shawblood too, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So definitely he's been around. So yeah. go and give the people who just tuned in a quick recap of your AFC South standings. Yeah. So a quick recap. Starting out at the bottom, working my way up. Number four in the AFC South, we have the Tennessee Titans at three and fourteen. Uh, just not a good season for the Titans. Um, going up number three, we have the Houston Texans at seven and ten with CJ Stroud's rookie year. D'Amico Ryan's first year as a coach. I think there's a lot of good pieces, just not enough. At number two, the Indianapolis Colts, eight and nine, same thing. A lot of good pieces. Anthony Richardson surprises a lot of to be, a lot of teams. And I think the defense, you start to see a little bit more of what you saw two or three years ago. And then at number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 13 and four, Trevor Lawrence, MVP candidate, without a doubt in my mind. Definitely AFC South to keep an eye on as well. So you were nicer to some of these teams than I was, but also, the, but not all of them. So I'm going to start at the bottom. I got the Houston Texans bring up the rear at four and 13. I think they're going to be a lot of one score losses in that. I think CJ Stroud's going to be really good. Will Anderson's really nice. John Mechie coming back who can't root for John Mechie there. Even, even Auburn fans are rooting for John Mechie. I'm rooting for John Mechie. Exactly. Everyone's rooting for John Mechie. They have good young pieces. They're still building is the thing. And I think it's going to be a bit of a rough build. CJ Stroud's going to be really good. But he is, like you mentioned, he's not necessarily the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, but he has really good accuracy and timing. Those quarterbacks usually struggle a little bit out of the gate just because getting used to the timing, the accuracy, that sort of thing, too. We saw it even with rookie Joe Burrow. He had moments, but they didn't always equate to wins. So we're going to go 4-13 and 13 for the Texans out of the gate. A little bit of a rough start. at Laramie Tunzel at left tackle is very good. They kept him. Keep CJ Stroud remotely. Less hit, hopefully. Defensively, I like Derek Stingley as well. They got good pieces. They're just like a year away, basically, more or less. I think in a year, I'll probably have them like eight and nine, depending on what we see this year. Plus, first-year head coach. There's there's good pieces, but I think they just got a little bit to work with. But seven and ten is definitely not outside the realm of possibility. If C.J. Stroud is clicking right away, my concern is he had better receivers in college than he had the NFL. So for a guy that's so used to his timing and accuracy and just ball placement the way he plays, that could be a little bit of a tough transition going right into the league. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I do have to ask um... – you mentioned that you feel like they're a year away. Does this feel closer to the Jets did when they first drafted Zach Wilson type of a team? Uh, they feel a little bit. I feel I feel a little more comfortable with this team because I wasn't as high on Zach Wilson. Like I had like Zach Wilson was the one who needed to sit the year, but he unfortunately got thrust into a place where he had to play right away. Where CJ Stroud, I think you play him right away, and I think he'll just you just take his lumps if that makes sense. He's one of those. He's good. 
take the lumps. He's not going to learn as much by sitting. He's going to learn it by going, having the bullets fly at his face and get it going. Zach Wilson was the one who needed Aaron Rodgers two years ago. Because then right now we'll be talking about Zach Wilson going in and the Jets being what they are now, basically. I think Zach Wilson would be ready to cook if he was lucky, if he was lucky to have Aaron Rodgers a couple of years earlier. But so maybe in a way similar, but I think I like this team's long-term future a little bit better because I think they're a little more stable there. And they did it with less draft picks, where the Jets team had three first round picks the next year where they got Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson, and Brees Hall in the second round. So Houston hasn't done anything like that yet. Yeah, that's well. I mean, they did get two first round draft picks this year, though. That's that's something to say. If they're doing and, and, do what Sauce Gardner did in year one and have that kind of type of impact. Then I retract everything I just said. Well, that's what I was about to ask you, Will Anderson. Do you think he's going to turn himself into a three down type of a player, or do you think he's going to have to be stuck in that pass rush situation only? Yes. So I think he's going to do both. He's a he's leaned out, which kind of interesting is he doesn't look as heavy as he was playing at Alabama this last year. Like he looks like he did two years ago when he led the nation in sacks. He looks a little more agile. So, so I think he's 230, not the 260 size. Exactly. Like a comfortable 230, 240, not the extra gainer shakes at every in between meals at the 255. So I think he'll be fine against the run. He won't be locked down, obviously, especially not right away, but he'll be fine. He's not going to be a liability. He's not going to be like, what teams have done with Yannick and Dockway a few times where they almost are scared to put him in on first down because he's so small, but he's so good at pass rush. He has to make the team. I think he'll be, he'll find a nice role and he'll get better as he goes. But rookie year, we're looking at like seven sacks, something like that. Like nothing, nothing outrageous, but clearly a building block. Oh, fair enough. Okay. I, I can't give him like rookie of the year. Nick Bosa help leads the defense to a Super Bowl. I don't think he's quite there. I don't think he's that kind of freak yet. Or Miles Garrett, who gets a sack force fumble on his first NFL snap. Maybe not quite freakish like that. Yeah, I don't know how many other players will do that in the future. That was kind of insane to think about. And beating a double team to do it, too. Like, that made no yeah. sense. Yeah, exactly. All right, so number three in the division, where you got? All right, so v- we have the Tennessee Titans also at 4-13 and 13 via tiebreaker. I mentioned it earlier. I think all three quarterbacks are going to play. Receiver-wise, Traylon Burks was the guy you took to, to replace A.J. Brown, and he's played not nearly enough, and he's injured again, unfortunately. DeAndre Hopkins what DeAndre you're getting. He still has game, obviously, but who's going to get him the ball? Is Ryan Tannehill going to say he up there somewhere? Is it going to be Will Levis? Is it going to be Malik Willis? I don't know. Derrick Henry doesn't look worn down yet, so I think he's still going to be good. I'm not saying Derrick Henry finally breaks this year, but I think he'll be fine. Maybe not 1,800 yards, Derrick Henry, but he'll still he'll be fine. Offensive line, I like Peter Skaronsky bringing him in. There's still some holes on the offensive line to work through as well. Defensively, I like Jeffrey Simmons, but after that, it gets a little bit thin. Caleb Farley has, unfortunately, he's still kind of learning the corner position, look, looking throughout their secondary. Kevin Byard, the ageless wonder, but there's still some holes defensively. They're well-coached defensively by Mike Vrabel. I'm worried they're just not going to score a lot of points. I mean, they lost seven games in a row last year to end the season. They just fell apart down the stretch. Even in the games early in the season, they were winning. It wasn't looking great. They won one game like 10-3 to three or something ridiculous like that, so... They're weirdly coached and they play, they'll play teams tough, but I just can't see them coming out on top in a lot of these, especially if, if Tannehill, if Tannehill gets banged up and the other two have to get thrust into early, it's going to, it's going to be a rough season for Tennessee. I just don't see a lot of paths to victory. They might surprise and still get that seven, eight wins, like you mentioned, but there's not a lot of clear paths for them. Hmm. No, that's fair. I, I, I obviously um, you're a little nicer to them than I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By one game, but I, I, I do, yeah, you think you make a few good points there. I, I think there's um, there's a lot to be said about the future for the Titans potentially, but right now it's looking very bleak. It's 
Mike Vrabel might be able to somehow coach them up to like five, five, six, seven wins at that point too. But I feel like if they end up two and five, he's going to be like, you know what? My job's probably pretty secure right now. Even if we lose out, maybe you go in that Drake may Quinn Ewers, Caleb Williams, sweepstakes hunting. Maybe you're just like, you know what? We're not trying to lose, but we're going to see what Malik Willis does and then throw him out there against like the Ravens or something goofy like that. But just some goofy things, see what Will Levis can do. And I don't know. I just, it feels like a weird, they're almost too good to tank, but too bad to make a run, it feels like. But we'll definitely have to see with, with the Titans. Next, that's going to take me to the same team you have in the second spot. I have the Colts, but not as optimistic. I have them at 6-11. and 11. And that was kind of when we, that was when we presumed Jonathan Taylor was going to get traded. I don't think whether he's there or not, it doesn't really change a whole lot right now. He's obviously a dynamic player, but this team overall kind of stinks. This entire year as Anthony Richardson, we need to see some flashes of what you can do. You're going to take a lot of lumps. You're going to miss a lot of wide open guys. You're probably going to throw some bad picks, take some bad sacks, fumble, et cetera. We need to see some freaky stuff, though. That's pretty much the game plan for this year for the Colts is let's see some freaky stuff. Let's see AR just go. doesn't have to be 90 degrees up, but like even just a steady, like one extra completion a game, something like that. Man has no starts and very, barely any play time. They just need to get, he just needs to get reps. The goal should be hold the ball as long as possible each game to get him as many reps as possible. We want 15 play drives each time, even if they result in no points. This team makes no sense in that you have four receivers on the 53 man roster right now, and you have five tight ends. So I don't know what they're thinking with that as well. I know they just threw one of them on IR, but unless they're going to run that heavy tight end package all the time, that feels like a waste of Anthony Richardson's arm and mobility as well. And some of the space you'll get. We mentioned the receivers. Pittman's really nice probably gonna get an extension Alec Pierce if he can hold on to the ball he'll be really nice he's got to learn to squeeze the ball a little bit some of those slip through his hands well he's not as bad as Anthony Schwartz at least not not nearly that bad luckily who's still out there maybe he ends up with the Colts too and they run some incredible end around stuff Josh Downs I like a lot I think he was the fact that he fell to the third down is insane third round excuse me is insane I think he's gonna make some noise offensive line if they stay healthy steadily improve maybe they get back to a semblance of what they were a few years ago or at least 50% 50% of that compared to what we saw last year. Defensively, stay healthy. Like you said, a lot of young players, especially a corner. I say 6 and 11, they'll be, they might, eat, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they win week one against Jackson. I'll just throw everybody off for a loop because no one knows what to expect. But at the same time, it's, there's, they're another one where it feels like it's just what can Anthony Richardson do and just see him kind of like we saw early Josh Allen. It's going to be ugly, but there's going to be some cool stuff. And then just see him slowly get a little bit better, get used to the game, that sort of thing. Cause if he plays all 17 games, you will have more NFL starts than college starts in without in his rookie year. So it's like that you take what you get at that point. It's this is a long-term plan for the Colts. So I'm not expecting too much this first year, but they got enough talent to still a few games here or there. You know, it's, it's funny because obviously he's been compared to Cam Newton at times and uh, Jalen hurts, obviously because of the current day and age, um, you know, but it's, it's funny. You mentioned just kind of throwing him out there and just seeing what you can get. Cause it's very much the Cam Newton scenario. His first year is like, so throw him out there, see what you get. It just so happened to turn into an NFC Offensive Player of the Year, uh, Rookie of the Year. Sorry, his uh, his rookie year. So, not a bad situation if he, if you're just throwing a guy out there to 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 be compared to. Um, yeah, I, I I I don't know. I obviously love the the Anthony Richardson possibilities. Um, and and we're kind of both on the same page here with with Jonathan Taylor. We don't know what he's going to do, so it's hard to include him in our predictions. Um, I did, I did a little bit just to kind of boost that eight, nine. Uh, but it, it was, you know, I was kind of in the same boat where it's, it's close to six and 11 for me. And if, if he's not there, uh, but the big question, obviously 
comes down to this defense. This defense, do you think they're going to make a move midseason to get better, or do you think they're going to end up being uh, sellers at, at, at the midseason mark? I don't think they're going to do a whole lot. Weirdly enough, this this team has nobody over the age of 30 on it. The oldest player is the 30-year-old long snapper, and then everyone else is under 30. So I don't think they're going to do a whole lot for selling. I think they're kind of just going to roll with what they have. Maybe if they're like 0-7 or something like that and just terrible, they might try and deal to Forrest Buckner maybe. Or maybe Grover Stewart, a guy who's going to have to get paid soon. Maybe something like that. Guys who probably can you can get something for, but they're, they're young players that are worth something are like Shaquille Leonard and Quentin Nelson who are locked into long-term deals that they can't trade even if they wanted to without spiting themselves. So I'd maybe DeForest if they're like 0-7. But otherwise, I think they're going to keep stay intact for the most part. And if I think they're going to be pretty good to start the season, then hit a rough patch. So they'll almost have a false sense of we can win the division early. And then all then everything comes toppling down once teams kind of catch on a bit so i'm gonna say no but it wouldn't surprise me if someone like deforest does get dealt just because that's your trade value basically yeah no that's fair uh by the way you picked the two 29 year olds i i definitely thought grover stewart was a little older considering how good he can cook wings uh but never mind i i am proven wrong he is a 29 year old wing connoisseur I, he, he knows he he's he has an old soul when it comes he to knows making... he knows where the credentials are he he, he understands it fully so that's going to now take me to number one in the division. Not much of a surprise. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm a little bit lower on them. I have them 10 and seven. I think they're still going to be really, really good. Oh no. 10 wins in a, in a season. I have some concerns on their offensive line still. I mean, rookie right tackle Cam Robinson is suspended young left tackle. They did lose Jawan Johnson to the chiefs as well too. Interior offense line, Brandon Sheriff's nice, but the rest of them want to see it. I just always have concerns when you have, when you have such offensive line movement, Receiving core, we talked about Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Jamal Agnew, outstanding. Travis Etienne, Dearness Johnson, Tank Spigsby, good running backs. They'll be okay there. Forgot about Dearness Johnson. That's good. And here he's fourth on their depth chart right now. So I think they they even kind of forgot about him a little bit. Defensively, I'm concerned about the defensive line as far as like there's not a whole lot there. I mean, obviously Josh Allen's an outside linebacker, rush edge, same with Trevon Walker. But the interior, the run stopping, a little bit concerned is how they'll stop to run. Obviously, Devin Lloyd, Louis Connor, awesome. Tyson Campbell's outstanding at corner. The rest of them, I think Darius Williams is all right, but he could, as we saw when he was with the Rams, he's five foot eight. That could sometimes come back to haunt you a little bit. Safeties: Rayshon Jenkins, Cisco, Andrew Wingard. They got some players, but I think in some of the matchups, especially when they play the AFC North, some of those ones will kind of hurt them a little bit they're gonna beat the breaks off of the, the division for the most part i think i have them going five and one also actually i have them going six and oh in the division so i think they're gonna beat the breaks off of their division and then just pull a few others elsewhere but they're gonna be really good 10 and 7 i agree with you trevor lawrence is gonna be in that mvp conversation i just think it's gonna kind of pitter out a little bit because some of those games he's just either not gonna get the opportunities or get sacked a lot like he'll, he'll be in the conversation though he'll be like kind of like what we saw with herbert last year who's in the conversation for a good amount of the season no, that's fair. I, you know, I, I, I'm a little higher on this one. I kind of get a lot of vibes of this Jacksonville team with uh, Jalen Ramsey, Blake Bortles, um, Leonard Fournette type of situation. Obviously, without the Leonard Fournette, but because they have weapons in the receiving core, it makes up for it. Um, high quality weapons in the receiving core. I think Christian Kirk is an underrated piece. Obviously, he was yes, he had a great season last year, but I think he's going to be unlocked a little bit more now with Calvin Ridley and coming in because you're going to have to address Calvin Ridley. Uh, there's no question about it. And I do think Evan Ingram is a guy I'm not a, not high on, but I don't think he's going to have a bad season by any means. He might finish 12th in the tight end rankings, but 
he'll move. Yeah, he's not going to make some plays. Yeah, yeah, he's he's he's. I think he's going to come in crunch time and make plays. He's a veteran now. I mean, that's what he does. So I think there's a lot of weapons on this team to 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 look out for, um, for sure. And I, you know, we I think we're both on the same page with this, this team with the run game. If they can figure out a way to stop the run from that interior set line, defensive line. I don't know, man. If they can figure that out, I feel like there's a, not a lot stopping them at that point in time defensively. If the trenches can be shored up and kind of mitigate some of those questions I have, the 11, 12, 13 wins is very, very much in play as well. Because I don't have any questions about the quarterback. Receiving core, if they're healthy, I like. There's some good defensive pieces. They're very, very close to being that 13, 14 win team. And honestly, they might be that team. I just have some questions with that offensive line, especially the tackle spots right now. But just a quick recap of the AFC South for me. I got the Texans in the cellar at four and 13. The Titans taking the tiebreaker also at four and 13. The Colts at six and 11 and the Jacksonville Jaguars taking the division at 10 and seven. And before we jump into the NFC, we of course got to take a look at the fan vote, which good luck at get brace yourself. Everyone. It's going to be a little bit different. So looking at the fan vote, we got the Texans at five and 12. The Tennessee Titans at eight and nine, the Jacksonville Jaguars at nine and eight, and the Colts surprising everyone with an eleven and six record. So, we were high on Anthony Richardson. It looks like the fan vote has a little bit more faith in him than even we do. Which, I guess you never know. He could come out like Gangbusters rookie quarterback. So, I guess anything's possible. I mean, anything's possible. Kevin Garnett yelled it, but uh, oh, that's a that's a lot a- of faith. That's a lot of faith in one 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 a rod there. I say we have seen some rookie quarterbacks, for lack of better terms, come out and surprise some people. But there's, there's going to be some work to be done there. Maybe Jonathan Taylor does come back and looks like 2021 JT and gets his contract. You know, you never know. Maybe he fires his agent and all things go better. But we won't go too far into that. Like, That'll be the day. We already have an episode talking about that. It's called Drama in the Backfield. If you haven't watched it, which I'm pretty sure you have, go ahead and check it out. Either that or on Spotify as well. So that's now going to move us to the NFC South. And this is this is quite the division. Kelsey, I'm going to let you go and take the reins on this one because this should be a fun one. Yeah, uh, I'm coming out firing yet again on this one. Um, not holding back at all. I mean, if you guys saw what I did in the AFC South, if not, just rewind the episode. You can start it over right there. Uh, I'm not going to give you the spoiler alert. You just missed half the episode. Uh, but this one, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number four, returning to the creamsicle glory of 3-14. and 14. And yes, I am 100% insulting the creamsicles in the year they're coming back with the creamsicles. Do love the jersey set. But your starting quarterback's Baker Mayfield. I don't know which Baker's about to show up for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. I don't have a lot of faith in them. I don't have a lot of faith in this entire division. But I really don't have faith in the Buccaneers. I've been burned once or twice by Baker Mayfield at this point in time. And I don't know who he's going to choose as his number one receiver because he does seriously pick his number one receiver as much as I love Mike Evans and his unstoppable 1,000 yards seems like a guarantee every year. I don't know if he gets that 1,000 yards for the Buccaneers this year. I think he might get that 1,000 yards on some other team by the, by the end of the season. And again, I like this defense. There's a lot of talent on this defense. But yet it never fails that they always get hurt. Vita Vea, you, you know, you talk about these linebackers, you talk about the secondary. I love Carlton Davis as well. There's talent there. There's absolutely talent. But why does it always get hurt every year? Don't know. Can't trust this team to stay healthy. So I'm going 3-14. and 14. And what is going to be a rough sled for them offensively because you don't really have a great run game. You do have a play-action offense, but your run game is non-existent. So what good is a play-action if you have no run game? 
my one question for you is, do we see Kyle Trask this year, or do you think Baker takes all 17 and they still go through the 14? Oh, it is 100% Trask time at some point in time. <laughs> I've already come, like I had Zappy season before. I was right about that. Say what you will, the man deserves to be the starting quarterback in New England. He was the most successful quarterback there. Coming into the season, he's the most successful quarterback in that in that quarterback room before, obviously, they had Colt McCoy. Um, but in this situation, Kyle Trask can't be any worse than Baker Mayfield at this point. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, he just can't be. And he's a true just throw it up guy. We saw it in his college days. I literally just threw it up to Kyle Pitts to get him drafted top 10. He got himself drafted, which is by itself an anomaly, let alone top three round draft pick. That was insane to think about. A kid who had never started a game in high school and had never started a game in his college career until his final season. And was in the Heisman Trophy running, too. I think he's in the top four or five. So Yeah, not, was not in the Heisman Trophy running, running until, what, like week seven or eight or nine or that, of that season or something like that? It was stupid. He, he I think probably he shouldn't have had the opportunity. I thought he still went to New York that year, didn't he? No. He didn't? Okay. I don't believe so, no. I think they only took three that year. I think that was one of those weird years. I don't take three. Like the season there for Kyle Trask and the lesson. All right, we'll see Kyle yeah. Trask and Baker Mayfield. So it should yeah, be. It's, it's, it's going to be Trask, Trask time at some point in time uh, this season. I do feel it in my in my tusks, if you will. I'm trying to keep up with this Trask tusk conversation. I don't know. I'm stretching this one pretty thin. Uh, so because of that, I'm going to move on to number three here, and that is going to be the recent number one overall pick, Bryce Young led. Carolina Panthers. I do think this team is good, but I think there's going to be some prizes, some surprises thrown from some other two teams at the, at, 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 in this division. And while I think Bryce Young is good, I don't think he, his offense is quite up to snuff yet. Um, this first year in Frank Reich's off uh, with Frank Reich's system, we'll have to wait and see how this all pans out. But I don't think it's going to be a bad showing by Bryce Young at all. I think this defense is still young and upcoming. But I'm going with Carolina Panthers at seven and ten. It's not a bad season by any means, but it's not a great season. Um, I'm gonna. I, I love the fact they now have the Carolina Panthers blue on all their jerseys. It just looks a lot cleaner than having two different color blues on their jersey and their helmet. Uh, but you know what? It's not going to make up for it in the win category. So seven and ten is where I have the Panthers going here. I do think there's some talent. I just again talk about a running game in the NFC South. You need a running game. I have concerns about their running game, to say the least. That's where it's at. My one question of Carolina is Bryce Young. A lot's been talked about with his height, his size, his weight especially. Do you think he plays all 17 games, or do you think he's at risk of getting a little banged up? Because that offensive line's a little... I, I, think, I don't think he'll play all 17 games, but I don't think it'll be because of injury. I don't think he'll get benched either. I just think it's going to be a situation where it's at the end of the year, you have a rookie quarterback, you're not going anywhere, you're not winning any games, you can't play spoiler to any teams. So let's take a break and let's let our guy get fully healthy going into year two. That's what I think is going to be be the situation. Dalton basically for a game or two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, let Andy Dalton go out there, get some tape, get himself another team next year. I, I, I could fully see that happening. Frank Reich takes care of his quarterbacks. He's definitely learned his lesson with after Andrew Luck to take care of his quarterbacks. So he's going to be a guy that comes out here and he's just going to be He's going to be careful with with Bryce, and I don't think there's going to be a situation where he gets injured and has to leave a game or anything like that. I just think there's going to be enough like moments that you're just like, eh, we don't need those week 16 and 17. Just just take a break, Bryce. And 
I think it'll cause some friction because I don't think Bryce Young is that type of competitor. I think Bryce Young wants to be out there. But for the safety of his future and the safety of the future of the Panthers, I think he needs to probably do that at some point in time. Very interesting. So that's now take us to number two. And these records are getting a little bit higher than I think a lot of people were thinking for the NFC South now. Yeah, like I said, there's some prizes, some surprises being thrown out here from the top two teams here. Uh, number two in this division, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so the Falcons are coming in, not with a winning record, though. But it's close. It's eight and nine for the Atlanta Falcons for me. Um, I have Desmond Ritter looking really good. I have B. John Robinson looking really good, even though he's technically their third on the depth chart, which Arthur Smith, what, who are we kidding? He's not third on the depth chart. Like He won't be third one once kickoff starts. <laughs> a game, game one, week week one, minute one into the game, it's going to be B. John Robinson on second down making a run. Like, that's, that's just what's going to happen. I don't care. Um, I'd also, I also think this defense is, is a very good, very underrated defense. I think they're good. Um, now, if you just watch our tier Tuesdays, uh, talking about defenses, you're probably like Kelsey, but you didn't just say that on the, on the tier things. No, I didn't, but I'm not talking about the defense against every other team. I'm talking about the defense against the NFC South, <laughs> which is where they make their money. And that's how they get to eight wins is they dominate the AFC South uh, or sorry, NFC South. My apologies. Um, but yeah, and I think Kyle Pitts gets into the end zone this season a few times. I do think there's weapons there. And let's not forget, they added one of my favorite safeties in the league this last offseason. So there is some talent there to go along with A.J. Terrell and the rest of this team defensively. So, yeah, I, I do like the Falcons. I, I just – eight and nine is the best I could give them. Okay. Uh, all right. So my question is, do you think Desmond approves to be the guy or does he just kind of ride shotgun oh, and not get in the way with that loaded with some of those weapons? I, I think he, I think we're going to see Desmond Ritter doing exactly what he needs to do. Game management styles, which it'd be a good NFL quarterback. We have talked about this a thousand and one times. I'm not insulting quarterbacks in the NFL when I call them game managers. It's a job. It's a task. you got to do what you got to do to make your team successful. Not everybody can be Joe Montana. Not everybody should be Brett Favre, as we've seen many a times, Dak Prescott. Um we do need a lot of Eli Mannings in the league. We do need a lot of Jeff Garcia's in the league. We do need Trent Dilfer's in the league. By the way, what's related with all three of those guys that I just talked about? Super Bowls. Each my one question. has a Super Bowl. My follow-up question too is just a, it's a one-word answer. Who scores more touchdowns this year? Arthur Smith's new original favorite tight end, John Smith, who recently got traded, or his least favorite tight end of all time, Kyle Pitts? Kyle, Kyle Pitts scores more. I, I sure hope so because that's a that's a lot of talents not be using otherwise. But we've seen how much he loves Janu. No, Kyle Pitts scores more here. I think he I think because Janu comes in, he's going to be using Janu more in the the blocking teams. The one I, I'd still say the one issue that came with Kyle Pitts last year was that there was no real other second to tight end to go block for this team. So there was nobody that could take the block off of him and let him go run a route. It was literally like, all right, man, you're our sixth offensive lineman. Sorry, bud. You got to go, go block somebody. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a tough situation for Kyle Pitts last year, so I think he'll get a lot more burn this year. But that'll take us to number one in the division. And, again, if you've heard me talk about this team, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. How dare you put this team at the top? You, you don't like their fan base. You don't do this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, absolutely, whatever. I don't care. I love Jamal Williams. The anime lover in me cannot get over it. 
Going to New Orleans Saints here at 10-7, and seven, winning the division. And I do think Jamal Williams gets double-digit touchdowns yet again this season. He's going to carry this team offensively inside of the red zone. And I don't care what people say about Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara will not end up this end this season as a New Orleans, New Orleans Saint. I think this three-game suspension plays into the demise of Alvin Kamara. You're talking about a guy who has not had over 1,000 yards yet as a running back has not crossed the 900-yard mark as a running back. So not doing too good if, you, if, if you're trying to, to weigh stats for me for, for a running back. Nothing worth keeping when I have a Jamal Williams for half the price who can give me 10 touch, touchdowns and 1,000 yards rushing the ball on 30 to 60 less touches a season. So I'm going to take those odds. And I do think Derek Carr here is a fantastic quarterback still. I still think he's dead average in the league. Which, again, there's nothing wrong with that because you have Chris Olave to throw the ball to. You're going to have an absolute blast there. And, by the way, Mike Thomas, slant boy Mike, can go out there and go run his quick slants and catch some some passes and get your first downs. It's okay. And don't sleep on Jawan Johnson at tight end. I think Jawan Johnson at tight end is a weapon, underrated-wise, can be used. And his defense is still this defense. I, I mean, I don't know what it is with this New Orleans Saints defense. I want to ride him out every year. And every year they prove me wrong. Maybe it's the Demario Davis effect. I don't know, but it's something. Like <laughs> something about this defense does not ever let itself be written out. Uh, maybe it is the heart of New Orleans coming back to spite me. I don't know what the situation is here, but I'm going New Orleans Saints here, ten and seven, taking the division in the NFC South. Does Mike Thomas stay healthy this year? Healthy enough. I, I think. I think you get twelve games out of him this year. I'm not going to say the last few years, so you'll take it. Yeah, I'm not going to say he plays all 17. I think at this point in time, I think it'd be crazy to to, to say he even crosses 15. But I think 12 is is a safe mark. Um, may not be all together. May not be continuous. It may be six and six. It may be five and seven. But I think you get 12 games out of him. Okay, I like it. I think I think if you can get 12 games out of him, that definitely makes him a very very viable team to take some pressure off of Chris Olave, who I think is also fantastic as well. So. Go and give us a quick recap of the NFC South. Yeah, so for the NFC South, starting at the bottom, going back to the top, at the bottom of the division, the basement dwellers, even though they have a really cool ship in their stadium, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 3-14. and 14. It is not going to be a big show in Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, number three, Carolina Panthers, 7-10. and 10. Bryce Young's going to look good, but not a lot you can do for right now with that team. You're just, you're just a little bit of ways. Uh, but Carolina takes third in the division, 7-10. and 10. Number two, the Atlanta Falcons, eight and nine in the division. Desmond Ritter looks good. Not great, but looks good enough. And then at number one in the division, at 10 and seven, winning the NFC South, I have the New Orleans Saints, led by a driven Jamal Williams, to say the least. That's not going to take us over here. And I don't have too much to say with the NFC South because there's not a lot to say that's positive for the most part. But I'm going to start from the bottom. In the same vein, I have the Buccaneers at four and 13. This is a confusing one for me because I think if you can get 2020 Baker Mayfield, who's like the game manager overachiever, I think that could result in some some extra wins for you as well. If you get 2019 coming off rookie of the year candidate Baker or 2021 one who tries to tackle leading with his shoulder and his face, then maybe not so much. My concern is you just lost Jensen, your all pro center. Your offensive line was already shaken up. Tristan Worse moving the left tackle, everybody else moving around. Defensively, you mentioned they are old. They're starting to break down and get injured. And on top of that, they're paying like $40 million of their salary to people not even on the roster this year in dead money. So there's not a whole lot of room to go there. Running game, we'll see what they have, but not too sold on it. So 
Even if Baker's playing at his best, I don't think there's a very high ceiling for them, unfortunately. Mike Evans will be out there somewhere. I think he'll still get his 1,000 yards one way or the other, whether it's Baker or Kyle Trask, they will find a way. But overall, I just don't think there's a lot of avenues for success, even in this division. So I'm going to go with the Bucks at 4-13. and 13. Unless everyone on that defense stays 100% healthy in that offensive line, can build a brick wall in front of Baker, then they might get to 7. But I'm going to stick with 4-13. and 13. Uh, you know, I respect that. And, and I just want to point out that I did not say Mike Evans would not get to a thousand yards. Oh, no, I said, I, I don't think you'll get, I don't think you'll get to a thousand yards with the Buccaneers. Uh, it's a death taxes and Mike Evans with a one K with one K <laughs> yards in a season. It's mandatory. If he can get Johnny Manziel a Heisman and draft in the first round, he can, someone should be bigger, should be able to get him, get him the ball. But that's going to take me now to number three in the division. I got the Carolina Panthers as well. I have them at six and 11. Bryce Jones is going to show flashes. Frank Reich's going to make his job easy. That coaching staff, Josh McCown is the as a coach. Avaro is the D coordinator. They got a superstar set of offense coaching staff. Defense has some good young pieces. There's still a lot of holes. Offensively, Adam Thielen and now Mr. Krabs at 50 years old. DJ Shark is your number one who's consistently injured as your top two targets. A little, little by the way, injured again, by the way. Injured once again. Tight end. I can't even think of their tight end's name off the top of my head. Like they just there's not a big safety. Uh, Lutu. Two, two, yeah, Lutu. I rest my case. Miles Sanders, a good running back, but offensive line shaky. He's gonna have his moments, but overall, I think it's it's gonna be a little bit of a rough season for Carolina at six and eleven. But they will realize they will find out they have their guy and that Bryce Young can play. So I think there'll be some flashes, but it's still gonna be a rough season. Yeah, I mean that's I, I mean, I wasn't much further away from I seven and ten, so I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and you know, I, I do want to point out you, you you talk about the offensive coordinator there, and that you talk about the QB coach in McCown, and it's it's funny that McCown is as good as he is mentally with the game, because a lot of his restrictions were that he did not have a big arm, he did not have these these different intangibles. Bryce Young has all these intangibles, so I wonder. Do you think this is a match made in heaven for McCown? Do you think McCown will be able to turn this into something great, not just this season, but like going forward? Or do you think we see McCown maybe bounce out of Carolina because he doesn't mesh well with Bryce Young's skill set? I think he'll mesh fine. I think he's a perfectly fine like coach and that sort of thing, too. I think it will be Frank Reich's offense and Frank Reich's show offensively. And I think McCown will be able to coincide with that pretty well. So I'm not going to say he turns himself into a Eric Bieniemy type where it's everyone's clamoring for him or what Josh McDaniels was for some reason that I can't understand. But I don't think he'll be like a negative or anything like that. He's not going to run out of time. I think he'll be a fine fit. We already saw the Texans already wanted him as a head coach. So I think he'll he'll get some opportunities elsewhere if he wants them. But maybe not right away because this year I think he'll still be a little shaky for the team as a whole. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, by the way, I was wrong. It is Hayden Hurst is the tight end for the uh, Panthers right now. That is a lot nicer than what I had before, but the point still stands. They still have some holes and some work to do behind that oh, yeah. to help that young quarterback. But that's going to now take me to number two. Speaking of young quarterbacks, we got the Atlanta Falcons here as well. I have them at seven and 10. Drake London is awesome. Kyle Pitts is awesome when they actually get in the ball. John Smith and Arthur Smith as a duo is awesome. Bijan Robinson, Cordell Patterson. There's a lot to like there. They're probably going to, I wouldn't be surprised if they lead the league in rushing. And honestly, I would have this team going a little bit higher, but I'm still not 100% sure with Desmond Ritter. I think there's talent there. If you can get like young rookie Dak Prescott from the game manager uses his legs, move the chains, that sort of thing. And hey, Des Bryant up there somewhere. Hey, Drake London out there somewhere. I will change my mind completely because I like a lot of this team. I'm just not sure. I'm just really not sure of Desmond Ritter. That even the couple games last year, I was like, well, okay. And Arthur Smith, I still have questions about as well, too, as far as developing a true passing game. So 
We're going to stick them at seven and 10, but a very bright seven and 10. And it, that Bijan is third on the depth chart bugs me too. Cause we all know better than that. It's just being a little bit too cute. Tyler Algier and Coral Daryl Patterson are nice, but they have no business being ahead of Bijan Robinson right now. And defensively, AJ Terrell, Jesse Bates is awesome. I want to know who that number two corner is that they can hold up pretty well. And they got to get a pass rush with Grady Jair, Arnold Libikite, Lorenzo Carter and squad. If they can get a pass rush generated and De- and you can get Desmond Ritter to look kind of like rookie Dak Prescott, then I'm going to change my mind and this team wins the division. But those two things I have a little bit of concerns about. So I'm going to stick him at seven and 10. I'm glad you bring up Ebikite because I do like him. I've liked him since he came out of college. I like awesome. him at Penn State. I just need that um, next that next yeah exactly you need that you need to see him take that next uh to get there and 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 actually be an effective pass rusher um but yeah i i do i do like that since you that you know you since you mentioned that uh, also cordero patterson I, I okay can we go back to this for a second because we're talking about a guy who has been projected to end up on another team potentially that, that he, there were talks that he was on the the bubble for the falcons do you think that was all just talks or do you think there's actually something to that do you think cordell patterson takes away any any snaps from Bijan at the end of the day yes and yes I think if they could move him they would but they are not going to move him just to move him if that makes sense because he is a versatile weapon and he can play receiver and they do have a thin receiving core as a whole so I think that's kind of the weird conundrum they find themselves in because he's better as a running back but you could still split him out as like an extra receiver if you need it because if Drake London goes down you have nobody on that receiving core that receiving core is very very thin Unless you're going to move Kyle Pitts to receiver, which, you know what, maybe that would be nice. Don't hate on old media, Zacchaeus. Very, very thin, as I said. It's a very thin receiving core overall. So maybe they move Kyle Pitts to receiving core to receiver and that changes things. I don't know. But I'm going to say he stays on the team and they just keep him as like a versatile weapon. And we're going to see a lot of two-back situations with him and Bijan or Bijan and Algier. I think Arthur Smith's just going to find goofy ways to run the ball, whether they're up 20 to 20 to 17 or they're down 21 to nothing like they did against the Bengals last year and ran it like five times in a row. So they're going to run the ball one way or another. That ball is going to get ran. Oh, by the way, I apologize. It is Mac Hollins is the number two receiver and Scotty Miller. Yeah, I rest my case. I mean, Mac, like while Collins is absolutely terrifying out on the edge, I still rest my case. But that's going to take me now to number one. I got the New Orleans Saints sitting at nine and eight. I don't love this team like a lot of other people do. Derek Carr, like you mentioned, a very good quarterback. He's fine. I like the Chris Olave. I love Chris Olave. I think he's a fa- fantastic number one receiver. I think Derek Carr is going to actually get him the ball consistently. If Mike Thomas can give you 12 to 15 games, I love that. Running game, I think Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara will get, I think they'll balance it out and make a nice running duo throughout the season. Offensive line, it's all right. It's pretty good. Jawan Johnson, I've we've talked about it too. I'm big on Jawan Johnson as a tight end option. I think Derek Carr loves tight ends, so we're going to see a lot of Jawan Johnson touchdowns. Defensively, I'm still this team. This team burned me last year because I thought they were built to make a Super Bowl run last year. Then Jameis got hurt, and then everything kind of went goofy from there. Because that secondary is still really good with Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, Marshawn Lattimore. We already know Cam Jordan, Demario Davis. They got some ballers, but I, there's still something weird with this team, and I don't know how I feel about Dennis Allen as the head coach. Honestly, I tried my hardest to give the Falcons this division because I like them as a whole a little bit better, but I couldn't quite do it. Just picking through all the games, the Saints ended up with more of them. There's just no way I get around it. So Saints are going to go nine and eight and take the division. But once again, I don't like this division a whole lot. That's fair. Uh, yeah, we're so interesting enough. We're within one game on every one of these teams. I do find that very intriguing. Um, for the Saints, you mentioned you know a lot of the aspects of this defense that you like. You like a lot of the talent there. Uh, 
Marcus May was kind of a no-show last year, uh, if we're being fair. Those injuries you, definitely helped. Yeah, I mean, obviously injuries play a factor in that at the end of the day. Do you think you get a full season out of Marcus May or Ty- and Tyron Matthew in the in the secondary? At least a little bit. So like you'll you'll get a, you'll get something you'll get something from like maybe 14, 15 years. Maybe they miss a game here or there just because of the way the NFL works, but I don't think you're gonna see a substantially missed time. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then obviously Dennis Allen, head coach. Is it uh, three years and out with Dennis Allen, or do you think he's gonna gonna be somebody who might stick around here in New Orleans? If they win this division, like we both have projected to, they're going to give him another year. Like he's not a bad head coach. I just don't know if there's anything special about him. I guess I don't really hold his Raiders stint too much against him because I mean that those Raiders teams were an absolute mess that he was kind of shoved into. Like those things were a travesty. So I won't hold that too much against him. But he's kind of like we talked about Derek Carr. He's a fine head coach, but not necessarily what you want if you're trying to make a few moves. So we're going to say he's still here if he did, if they win the division. But if they tank and have like a six and eleven bad season, then he's gone. All right, now recapping now for the NFC South for me. At the bottom, I have the Bucks at 4-13. and 13. At 3, I have the Panthers at 6-11. and 11. Number 2, I have the Falcons at 7-10. and 10. And number 1, I have the New Orleans Saints at 9-8, and 8, taking the division title and taking a quick look at the fan vote. We got the, the fan as the Buccaneers at 3-14 and 14, with the Panthers also at 3-14, and 14, the Falcons at 5-12, and 12, and the New Orleans Saints at 6-11. and 11. So, same team, same spots as us, but much, much worse record. Definitely having them coming out of the cellar as a whole. Yeah, that's not a not a very nice um, fan vote there, to say the least. Because you're putting a losing team in the in into the playoffs. I just want them to know that a losing just, team, a losing team, like a very losing team into the playoffs. It's not like the seven, eight, and one Panthers that made the playoffs a few years ago. That's a that's significant losing as well too. Where the rest of them combined have. Yeah, that, that's a big yikes. Yeah, that's going to be a rough division if it plays out that way. But we have now completed all of the divisions, AFC and NFC's North, South, East, and West. If you haven't checked out the previous ones, go take a look at those as well. Next week, we're going to go through our playoff bracket, Super Bowl champions and predictions, as well as the award projections as well, too. So the fun isn't over yet. We're going right up until NFL kickoff and plenty of things coming up from fan, Fantasy Fridays. We got tier Tuesdays. We got some betting coming up once the season starts. There's a lot of fun going on this NFL season. So we appreciate you all for joining us here for this episode of the High Low Sports Podcast, going over the AFC and the NFC South. Let us know down below what we got right, what we got wrong, and if we're just downright blasphemous or thinking that the, that the Falcons aren't going to win the division or that the Saints are going to run away with it. So we appreciate you all for tuning in, and we will see you all again next time.